this is our podcast um, called The Alternative. Um, my name is Peely. And my name is Mai. Uh, and our podcast is about um, just like kind of breaking down some of the concepts in crypto and explaining them a bit more thoroughly. Um, and then going over, you know, like the pros and cons of what's going on in the space. And I, we're doing this because we really, really wanted to just bring a different perspective, um, a woman's perspective. There aren't that many women in crypto. And we just wanted to ask a lot of questions that aren't being asked and talk about things that really aren't being discussed in the space and, and just bring new light to it and present this to people that may not typically be interested in cryptocurrency or might feel too intimidated um, to learn about it. And we want to be able to present this in like a really digestible and fun way. For sure. Yeah, I just we just feel like there's a lot of conversations not being had. There's a lot of hype around cryptocurrencies and NFTs, but like, you know, there are repercussions behind some of these projects. And, and we really just need to fully explain them before we can, you know, be fully excited about certain things in the crypto space. And yes, it's it's a new field. It's definitely a new industry. But I think people should understand what's happening behind the scenes and how, you know, other companies are getting involved and the repercussions of that as well. And we are here to help bring you new stories and to help guide you through um, both our journey and your own journey um, to not be scammed and to find the best investments, the best projects that have the most utility that can help you get ahead in this space and in our new coming financial, um, our new coming financial sector and our brand new global digital space. Yeah, that was really good explanation um so for this episode we wanted to start off with the impact of crypto influencers um because Um, yes like can we please talk about them because i just i am over the shenanigans yeah Um, it's it's gotten a little weird in this space in that context a little weird a lot of weird there's like a whole industry for just like crypto influencer farms and it's just it's entirely too much um one guy in particular i probably one of the most egregious actors is jake paul um i know a lot of people have heard about him probably oh my goodness where do we begin with jake paul i just uh so first off like if you don't know who jake paul is who is jake paul guy started off on vine making like tiktoks before mm-hmm. tiktok was a thing before tiktok was existed and was existed before it ever existed and then he ended up on like disney channel with his brother for like a few shows that i don't know weren't super popular i don't really remember them growing up um maybe that was a little bit past my time mm-hmm. and now he just does like cringe shit on youtube and boxes people um, and makes like crypto scams and NFT scams and general like grifter self help, um, like life coach scams as well, which is not who I would advise or recommend most people yeah. get their crypto um, knowledge or education or investment advice from, right? Um, well, I think he kind of set it up where he was like, Oh, I took my money from Vine, and then like the first 
the first check I got, I put it into Bitcoin. So like, I know all about cryptocurrency because, you know, I bought Bitcoin eight years ago. Um, so it yeah. kind of gives like a false profit situation where like people feel like he's in the space because he made a purchase a long time ago, which is not entirely the case. Like you can purchase crypto and like be successful. That doesn't mean you know anything about it. Just right, to be clear. That you be like guiding people or like that you have the authority to go off and start your own yeah. projects. And even like, so for example, I learned about Bitcoin back when it was like 60 cents, 68 cents. I remember mm-hmm. I used to follow a Twitter account that mm-hmm. um, it would tweet the price of Bitcoin every day. And I was like, oh yeah, this is super cool. I can totally put $100 into it. But then I didn't because like, I was like, oh no, I don't understand this. And then I forgot about it. Kind of, kind of wish I hadn't done that all this, all these years later. Um, but you live and you learn. That doesn't mean that I know anything less about cryptocurrency just because I didn't invest in Bitcoin back in 2012. But I think that's a good thing to say because a lot of people will think, well, this person had this amount of money and then he has this amount in result of his purchase. It creates a really fine divide with capital with people investing. Now that people who have more capital are able to invest into projects early, they're able to show, you know, the receipts of having more money, but it's kind of like, well, you had more than the average user. So of course your results are different. They're inflated. They look better on paper. Well, that, and also I think just as a society, we really need to, like, we're stuck in this whole paradigm that um, we live in a meritocracy and people end up earning a lot of money or being really successful because they're so Mm -hmm. smart and they earned it. Um, And just completely ignoring the fact that a lot of the times people fail upwards and it's true i think i think he's a great example Um, oh failing upwards yeah you fail upwards you get a little bit of fame and because you know you're considered like conventionally attractive you gain a following outside of like your disney channel or whatever so you become youtube famous you end up doing things and then people begin to trust you right but even before his crypto scams, like, why is this guy trustworthy? He started this thing called Mystery Brand, Mystery Brand, and it's essentially kind of like, like an Ipsy type thing, where you pay a subscription fee, and you get, like, a box every month, and, like, people are supposed to get certain prizes in, like, boxes or whatever, and the winners apparently did not receive their prizes. Um, also, CoffeeZilla exposed him for one of, like, many NFT scams recently. Well, um, shout out to CoffeeZilla. Go check him out if you guys haven't because he does great deep dives on a lot of these people. Um, but, yeah, he exposed him on um, an NFT scam, his involvement with SafeMoon, which was also, yeah. like, a scam and a rug pull. And, like, not to mention this guy is, like, registered in Puerto Rico. So he is, like, using the tax loophole. Um, in addition to his scams, he's, like, further, like, gaming the system. Well, um, I think CoffeeZilla, he, like, broke down how he did it, right? Like, he was saying that he would create a wallet and then, like, mm-hmm. receive the money and then move mm-hmm. it. So it's, like, he kept, like, he had a pattern. It's, like, send it to this wallet. Four days later, I'll promote it. Then I'll move the money. Um, and then you know before the project crashes does whatever he'll sell all the cryptocurrency so he's not even tied to whatever the project does it's kind of it's very odd i mean if this was a stock everyone would be like what the fuck you know but because it's crypto i think the one that he um did it specifically that like um that coffee did the that breakdown Mm -hmm. specifically for 
was his sacred devils nft scam which is mm -hmm. like not a thing nothing's nothing's happening with it um he was also involved in the save the kids um it was like a charity nft auction so mm -hmm. whoever like was running save the kids like this is my understanding of of the situation whoever was running save the kids um they reached out to jake paul they're like oh yeah hey we're gonna pay you like x amount i believe it came out to be like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars that they were paying him to like influence and promote safe moon um i'm sorry not safe moon the the save the kids the nft charity coin mm -hmm. and only ten thousand dollars ended up being donated to charity this guy made out with 180 and then everyone else that like paid into it got rug pulled see um, that's another thing with crypto and charity like that shouldn't be able to happen there should be like a legal way because hypothetically that goes against like the rule of cryptocurrency, everything being accessible on the blockchain and then them not using the funds after stating it. Like well, that also, is- it's just kind of gross. Um, yeah, like, blatantly. But... You know, why, the, the unfortunate thing is, is that no matter how many times this guy scams people, he has a following to where people are going to continue to trust him and people are going to continue to, you know, want to like support whatever scams he promotes. And I, I think that people don't really like take the time, like the people that will like be influenced by him, don't take the time to sit and break down like, wow, this guy did this really shady thing, did this really shady thing, did this really shady thing. And why is he like shilling all of these projects to me? Like, it's not like one project or two projects. No, it's like multiple projects. And every single time you do it, like nothing, nothing comes out great from it. So but I think that's the still have like a, a platform or a following, you know? Well, it's the issue where basically let's set the formula for doing these little scams with influencers. Project A goes to Jake Paul or whatever says, hey, we want you to pump this coin. Uh, mm -hmm. Said person takes the money, pumps it hypothetically they are not responsible legally or otherwise for any facilitation of the project and once you know anything negative happens they literally say i wasn't aware of it um i was i wasn't made knowledgeable of this i was just paid to promote it I'm so sorry that that happened the developers didn't even tell me so it's this the thing, thing where thing they is, no i'm sorry to interrupt the thing no, is, is that when when they do that they're not even like acknowledging the fact that when they're shilling these coins that like it's an ad or that it's a paid promotion because like, there's no law for crypto yet coming with it. yeah i mean so for example like kim kardashian when she did the ether scan um thing which we can get into a little bit later she um when she posted about it on her instagram she put that it was an ad she did like that well kim's also ad. a lawyer so she knows how not to get sued so well, so, even in a new field you know right she's like a um, lawyer air quote baby bar baby bar but, baby bar. Um, but she knows she knows she she, she isn't her yeah, first rodeo knows. with and, endorsement and right exactly and that's my thing it's like at a minimum like one i know that kim kardashian knows absolutely nothing about cryptocurrency um but at least she's saying ad like hey i'm being paid to promote this um but he knows if he starts ball. saying it's an ad, it fucks up his little plan. Like, he can't finesse right, exactly. and move this money. You know, it, like, it puts some chain links on his arm because it's like, why well, admit it to it? I Because he knows this stuff, It's uh, aside from it being an advertising scam, it's, a, it's um, an asset scam in that context because the value of the things that he's selling 
decrease and people can't get out of the project in time. So it's a two-part right, exactly. scan. So I think he knows that and doesn't want to acknowledge that. And by not stating that it's an ad, he is like, his hands are like open. Because in another interview, someone else was, he was just like, yeah, I, just, I had no idea. I'm unrelated to the project. Like, I didn't know. And that's what he's going to do every time. Yeah. And just all of these times, like, you're just, you know, you're just so lucky that, so for example, when he started his crypto zoo thing, which mm -hmm. it's like an buying, trading NFT animals that um, are actually like stock footage um photoshopped images like there's one that um it's like an elephant like and coffeezilla was able to very easily like find the stock photo image of the elephant and then also of the butterfly and then photoshop the butterfly wings onto the elephant and that was an nft that was being sold for like i don't even know how many ethereum and this guy made out on like just this project alone with 1.3 million um eth pre-launch so that's the problem too. A lot of people don't understand the whole thing of IP. You can't just take someone's image and go make an NFT out of it and not think that they're not going to go. We're going to see so many lawsuits in the or the next 10 years over like IP no. and infringable rights and like taking someone else's idea on the internet and making money from it and not even contributing the original person that created the original content. No, that, but also, so, like, if you go to the website itself, and that's CryptoZoo.co, and you look at it, like, you can kind of tell. So, I, like, as much as I think that he's, like, horrible and a scammer and stuff, um, and I feel bad for people that, like, are influenced by him and buy into these scams, it's like, nah, if you look at the website. I know, but I'm we have to remember. Right now. Who who is he talking to? He's talking to minors, kids, yeah, you know, people that have no knowledge. So that's that's an, another issue I have with these influencers. They're speaking to people who have no technical knowledge of cryptocurrency, and they know that they know that. So when they appeal to them, they're appealing to their audience to invite them into crypto, and they know due to their lack of knowledge that they're going to get them to buy anything. It doesn't even have to be functional. And it's almost like taking candy from a baby again and again and again. And that's the problem. It's like literal highway robbery. And it's just so easy for them because one, yeah, like people are kind of dumb, but also they're just so shot out about it. And it, it, it just, you know, I guess, I guess that kind of also makes it seem like super trustworthy because this guy's like super shot out about it. But, but another thing that's interesting it, to me is that I don't even think that some of these people advertising it actually own it and that to me is an issue legally because it's just like you guys are advertising a current cryptocurrency that you don't even probably have in your portfolio you're not carrying past the point of expiration and that to me should be a huge red flag like anyone it's like someone's saying that oh i'm like selling houses but doesn't own a house or like you know or i'm selling cars but i don't own a car or like you know i don't own any tangible assets similar to this in my portfolio but more right. specifically i don't hold said asset that i'm advertising Right, like you're not gonna you're not gonna get life insurance from somebody that doesn't have life insurance. You're actually required as a life insurance salesperson to have life insurance for that purpose. So it's it's right. a little weird, yeah. And like, granted, like from from a legality standpoint, like of course, like we have celebrities all the time that are like, oh my goodness, look at my McDonald's meal, and they probably don't ever eat McDonald's. Um, so like, yeah, like I don't think it's horrible, but I think at, at the same time, like you know that they're doing ads. 
I think there needs to be like some sort of legal mechanism to require people, especially influencers, to acknowledge the fact that they are doing an advertisement if they're going to be like shilling, you know, whatever project comes out of their ass. Yeah, um, I mean, for sure. Thing, it's like also the kind of these names, like, I don't know, they're just so, so not serious. So not serious. Like, he, he had another one called Dink Doink, which quote-unquote, Dinkdoink, aims to be the first ever decentralized media franchise where token holders receive an NFT for every episode that drops. So, like, kind of like cartoons, and they kind of made it look kind of like South Park, and um, uh-huh. they just, no, you know? Um, and then it goes on to say, Dinkdoink is a community meme token forked from the Australian Safe Shepherd, so ass, dollar sign ass, blockchain protocol whatever you know whatever that's even built on and then it says dink doink is blurring the lines between entertainment and crypto um i don't think those are the lines that dink doink is blurring but okay sure fine whatever dink doink um yeah and it's just like it's just clownery it's just absolute like clownery but you know he's done worse since then he also he also has two projects. Um, one is an NFT collection just with pictures of himself. Just weird. And then another one, which I'm very afraid of, is the fractional NFT thing, where essentially, well, it's where he's saying, like, I, you put the asset in a vault, and then users are able to buy a fraction of the NFT. So he's advertising and saying, well, if you can't afford, like, a full board ape, you can own, like, 3% of one. Which to me is scary for two reasons. It's like, do we want to start fractionalizing NFTs? Like, because that sounds security friendly for one. And then do we want to that has the asset in hand and trust that they'll maintain its value? And then my representational value will always be honored. What if they get hacked? What if the assets get stolen from their property? You know, it's like, I have to trust Jake Paul's establishment to, you know what I mean? I don't trust him to do anything for me. So that's scary to me. And it's like, what if you're right. overselling something you've already sold in the fractional asset form of the asset? And we don't know for a fact yeah. like, that they're not doing that because, you know, coders these days, we can't like actually trust a lot of, of, you know, a lot of projects. And granted, like you're significantly more educated than the average person that's buying an NFT. So you're going to consider these things. I'm going to consider these things. But a lot of people just don't, it wouldn't even occur to them. They have no idea that these things are like important and that they should be looking at them and asking these questions before they even go into buying um, an NFT or, or, or any type of project, right? Um, but yeah. NFT specifically as far as this case. And yeah, it's, it's kind of it's tragic. I'm just scared that this would be the SEC's way of saying it's a security because you broke it down into little parts. So, like, you know, Jake Paul could be the end of it all. (laughs) Like, oh, God. (laughs) It would be him. um, There is actually, like, a real-world, like, fine art type deal thing like that. It's very similar. Um, But they are, like, it is through the SEC. Like, they're already, like, approved and, like, allowed to be doing what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But, for example, like, you and I can own fractional shares of, like, a boxy house or something. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it's but, super cool. 
Again, it has like, a set value. That item would have a set value. Crypto NFTs are going to change. It's always going to be set to what's going on in the market, whatever they're doing on OpenSea, the bidding wars. Like, so that's why this is stupid. Thank you for reminding me right. again. Like, that doesn't make any sense in that context. Why would you do it? That, and it's like, one, art is subjective, but two, NFT art is even more subjective. And it is. there's not any, like, value or utility like nfts are, are great and and can have a lot of use case and and real utility like in the real world um but when it comes to art like it's kind of like meh. and then he was also uh, mixing it with like real items like rare pokemon cards and then making that an nft as well so i'm just Which like sounds super sketch that sounds like a licensing thing right um i just i feel I like this is the problem. People are experimenting in this space in ways that will literally reflect negatively and, and literally give the SEC like, oh, thanks for that. And it's not even crypto's fault. It's these people jumping in and, and taking like self-ownership that no one gave them in the crypto space. And I think that's a huge Yeah, like problem. who gave you this authority and then a bunch of- No like, one. You know, your money, you think your thing. money provides you authority to do these things and it's like, no one asked for this at all. No, that. And, and also it's like, I mean, I'm 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 biased, um, but I'm definitely kind of stuck in between. Like, you know, one, the SEC is not going after the bad actors. Like, they're just completely like not even paying attention to them and wasting their time and efforts and resources on legitimate projects and companies. And um... then all of this shit is happening, and they're like, oh, I don't see anything. Well, I mean, they like to on. acknowledge it when it's convenient for them. Like, oh, we want to, we want to protect uh, retail traders. No, you don't care. Like, let's yeah, just start there. Because you harmed a whole bunch of them. You're harming a whole group right now by overextending a lawsuit for no apparent reason. But that's another podcast episode. Um, but like, they always say that. Yet these things are happening on their side you know this this is someone who's not working in the crypto space but jumping in and to me that should be a regulatory thing they're not in the space they're not a developer they don't have a developing team they don't have a crypto-based company yet they're walking in and branding with companies and using their influence and financially benefit that is a direct issue that the sec should discuss because it's someone coming into the crypto space and taking advantage of it that and you you just made me think of something that is like totally necessary and should be implemented like on a larger scale um but developers need to have like a code of ethics because why are you developing projects for these kind of artists so the thing with that is the de- let's again i'm gonna keep i'm gonna always return to this theory uh, it's the responsibility theory it's like oh well the company base the of the blockchain came to and found the developer team just coded a project they did not know that's what happened with um safe moon like some of the people on the team were like oh we just developed a project we weren't aware of the ongoings we did highlight some issues it's just the the device responsibility clause it's like everyone can bone out you know and developers unfortunately so for them i can honestly say this i think that they are only required to do what the project is requiring them to do or you know because it takes a lot going into that so it's like the yuga labs thing if it's not coded to be deflationary, like, you know, we would hope that we have dev team like led projects, but we don't. It's literally just a company creating an asset or a cryptocurrency 
and doing that. But I think the development is secondary. You know, you have a development. Didn't Safe Moon, I believe they ended up changing the code like after the fact. Yeah, and that's another thing. That's a whole issue. That's that's a whole nother like, but again, it's like you can blame the development team. You can be like, well, the first development team called it wrong. So they are the reason why this project fails. And that becomes an issue too. So I, I would, I would literally, I would hold the development team has as much accountability as the team that employs them, because it's how the company navigates with the development team. If they're always aspiring to like check code flaws and like work on things and like do new things, and they're cool. But if it's like they blame their dev team, you know, and then the company doesn't take responsibility, that's the issue. So people using the dev team as an scapegoat. So, you know, it's if, if a dev team themselves were to make a project, I don't think, what I'm trying to say is I don't think crypto projects are started with, from dev team up. I think they're the opposite. It's like branding, hired, and then we hire a dev team and then they work intertwined. But then sometimes Which, the funding is not on the brand, not on the dev team. I, I get that. Um, it, That's not an excuse like, either. It's not an excuse. No, I'm just, this is what I'm just observing. And it just, it doesn't seem like into, it seems counterintuitive, right? To do your marketing and then everything else. Um, but that also is probably a hallmark of something that is a scam, right? Something that is not, um, that was never thought out. I think it's more. was intended yeah. to like be good or to work, right? I think it's it's like what gets the people going. We want to see the art. We want to see the concept. We want to see a, a group of people. So I'm going to hire a Discord leader. I'm going to get a digital imagist who can render shit like automatically. Like, you know, those are the things that they're putting the time and energy. And then as we've seen in these projects, when they fail after Mint, it's because the dev team did not work extensively and test and do 27 tests before release. It was just like, we have this following. Let's get the project out now. And that is the problem. Right, and it's that like, is a problem. That's why, uh, and we're we're definitely going to do an episode about fair networks. Um, you know, coming coming shortly. Um, but that's what I love and respect so much about that project, and actually makes me trust it because they have a following. There's been an airdrop. There's been people waiting. You know, there is a community yeah. around it. And they're like, no, we're not, it's not ready yet. It's not perfect yet. I was just thinking that I I love. We're not going to release it. Yeah. And, and that is just like, you know, a huge, a huge defining difference between what is real, what is a real team behind a real product that is aiming to solve real world problems and have real value and real utility and what is a scam. What is a quick money grab absolutely a rug pull. Yeah, and, I, I, and there just has to be like some some type of it, it has to be both kind of like um when nurses they're able to tell doctors like no I'm not feeling this I'm not comfortable feeling this like there that. has to be something or like administering a medication or whatever um because their license rides on it there has to be something like that implemented in the crypto space between wow. devs and like and, that's and the thing it's like the money magic. it's the money it's like we don't know how much these devs are getting paid we don't there's a lot of money being spent in in this this space there is like the the mint for um like the land or whatever for board apes that was like 300 million dollars 
Like, yeah. there's a lot of money happening and being spent. I don't think people are asking questions. I just think they're cashing checks or receiving, you know, Ethereum. Like, questions are not being asked. When you deal with that much money, you kind of do. And I, and I get it. You're scared. You're like, I've never seen this much money before, which is fine. Right. But like, or you get super impressed by it and, and enticed by it. But that's what I say. When you look at a project, look at that team. If you saw a developer and they were on another scam coin, guess what they're going to do next? So it's like, we need to start, like, looking at who made these projects. Like, what did you work on before? Because I don't think that's talked about enough. I don't think we, like, scan the dev yeah, team. What's resume? Like, we what's don't scan resume? the dev team and Google the fuck out of them. Because if we did that for each project, we would see this person did a shit coin, this person did a, did a rug, he doesn't know anything about crypto. We would start seeing these faces. Because what they're going to, they're if they did it once, they're going to jump onto a new project. They can do it and again and again and again. Yeah, especially if it's not something that occurs to people to check because, like, one, it's tech. Most people are incredibly intimidated by anything that has to do with technology, and they're just like, sure. oh, yeah, like, there are these developers, and they know way more than I do, and, like, no. I'm just going to trust them, it's and, like, I'll, I'll, I will never, ever, ever be able to, like, understand this. Um, no, you know? So a lot of the developers are self-taught in the space because this is not a lot of education you're going to get in school right now. So I'm going to say like 85% right. of these developers are self-taught in their own. Like, unless you've had, like you went, you there probably are some people that did go to school for like web development and like coding yeah, and like technology. Formally. But I don't think even those people are jumping into the space immediately. It's really people that are like kind of like self-taught and expanded upon that and had success. So mm -hmm. knowing that you have to be a little bit skeptical when it comes to like the decisions that are being made behind the scenes. But again, like, I just don't think that these like things occur to the average person or the average like new crypto investor right and i mean they're getting I, scammed I, so no it yeah is. they're definitely getting scammed and then they're like oh my goodness no all of it is a scam and and that no. sucks um I mean... it drives it drives them away and then like this this is an emerging asset class this is one of the biggest wealth transfers in in our lifetimes probably in history but to me, it's it's silly, though, because it's like, why would you not research anything you're buying? Why would you buy something just because someone told you to without any any evidence? It's the same for anything. Right. But it that falls upon you. Like that, that influencer. Yes, for sure. But I, I, I definitely feel like there is a certain amount of responsibility like that rests on the backs of the influencers. Because, yeah, sure. Um, Jake Paul is like a total turd right he's he's a joke like i don't take him seriously i don't think most people do but then you have people like elon musk who is worshipped by so many people and this guy is like oh doge and like dropping memes about doge and it made with with doge's tokenomics like it made it go up to what like 70 cents mm-hmm yeah, and then I had billions every minute. Like, and then I'm how, how even able to get so high. I'm gonna say this to people. I said, even if it goes high, what comes up must go down. And even in the crypto space, it's very true. When you purchase anything, please understand why you're purchasing the cost it was to purchase. And if you're taking profit, you know maybe you should just take profit and have a nice day. It, there's no purpose of holding something for a thousand years when it's not going to maintain price for a thousand years you know so that's just awareness right, for unless, anyone buying something because it's unless, fun uh, unless yes because it's fun like 
obviously if it's like a coin with real utility and a real development that's that doesn't count in this category behind it right yeah then for sure hold it hold it for as long as you can um but things with dogs on it or like food but if you knew the tokenomics that like you know there were like billions of doge printed a day you wouldn't even have touched it and that's why i told people you wouldn't be in these situations if you did research your your portfolio wouldn't be 90 percent negative while holding ten thousand dollars worth of doge if you did tokenomic research before investing or or if as a general thing people didn't like worship the words of like billionaires that became billionaires through like apartheid and mommy and daddy right yeah um, and you shouldn't worship their words you should see what's in their portfolio see what's in their their asset calendar and even, if you can't see it, it that's for a reason even if it is in his portfolio, we would never know if it was right but he said he said that he did so like okay i'm gonna take you at your word that you did you're the richest man on the planet it doesn't matter what he you buys you're right afford, i feel like you can afford yeah that's fine i get what you're saying however much money you want on uh on a doggy meme coin you know yeah it was clearly a rug pull and i remember when people were like Oh my goodness, we gotta buy it, we gotta buy it, we're gonna buy it on Robin Hood and whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, people are saying that um when he when he goes on TV, like whatever show that he did, um, that it's gonna it's gonna skyrocket. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like not. I told people I said during the episode, like during whatever they show sold half their <laughs> it's it's going to like plummet. And I I was right. I was right. I definitely could have put a bet on it. I definitely could have traded that in my MetaTrader 4. Um, because that like was totally fine. I know a lot of people that came out with money like that and didn't get scammed. Um, I'm just going to do one devil advocate. He is working on something where he's trying to send Doge without like a Wi-Fi signal. That's the only one reason why I think he's not a total bag of donkey trash. Because I mean, but if he did that... Because hypothetically, in a, in the world event, we don't have Wi-Fi. What the fuck do we do? Like um, adjacent. Use XRP. Use XRP and the XPOP protocol, babe. Wonderful, but there is a class of people that will be terrified to use XRP until this lawsuit's done. So, like any True. variety of alternative, alternative. The world's ending. I need to get to my money. Just let's have options. So it's the only credit to Dogecoin that I have for him for being like a percentage of a decent person is developing that with his technology because he has the capacity to do so thank you my for that question, single gesture my question regarding that though is like it still runs on on mining i don't know i have to come back on mine. like how like how i think it was i think it was a frequency thing i don't i don't what do you mean? i think the the how he was sending the doge was on like a different frequency it wasn't like I, I I don't know much about it. I just have to come back because that was like it. I was like, but again, he was wrong when he accused like Bitcoin of using too much energy. Like he was, that was a really, I mean, obviously well, it uses, but Ethereum uses a lot of energy. No, yeah, anything, like, anything, anything. Proof of work is, is going to use a lot of energy because that's yeah. like the whole point. It, it needs energy to mine and and to maintain the hash rate. My thing is, is is what really like just didn't get me, and another reason why I didn't get why people like bought into the hype when he started like um shilling Bitcoin was that yeah, it was weird. Like, the green energy guy with yeah. Well, you know who um, does that so he can buy more. He's a he, yeah, he has a habit of doing that so he can go pick it up. Well, also it's like 
he bought all of this Bitcoin and then said, hey, I just bought all this Bitcoin. And then the price of Bitcoin shot up and he made. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, but you know, people got to be smarter. You got to be smarter than that. I mean, if he's saying something, Elon is very strategic. I will give that man. He, the way he moves and the way he uses his voice, it's a strategy. And I think it should be re- researched and analyzed in like the future. Like he says things at the correct date and time for a certain result, and he gets that result. It doesn't matter what whoever else is involved. Fuck them, apparently. But he says it for a reason so he can benefit from it. The same thing he did with Twitter previously was like, how much does it cost to buy Twitter? And then you know creates all this fiasco and drama, and then like you know alerts people. Like, did you know before that only nine percent of the Twitter board was like? you know, people were on the Twitter board, but the rest of it was like companies. I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know how many companies had shares in uh, Twitter. I wasn't aware of that. Um, but he does, I didn't know that either, but it's like- And countries also? Countries. He, as weird as he is, he kind of uses his voice to illuminate things. And I, I do give him credit for that, even though he does manipulate the market with his voice at times in certain contexts. At times, I mean, it's like, not only are you manipulating like the crypto market, but you're manipulating the stock market as well. Because when you do, uh, you're like, oh yeah, I just bought all this Bitcoin and then you increase the price of Bitcoin. All of these stocks that have Bitcoin on their balance sheet, like guess what? All of these companies, they're going up in the stock market too. And how is that fair, right? Um, because, yeah. you know, like how, are, how is one person able to single-handedly lift the stock market for all of these different companies and no relationships to him that man. um and yeah it just it's it's kind of crazy another fun thing um that you know i may or may not dislike about him um there is a meme and that that he posted during his like doge craze mm-hmm. and um it's kind of like a little bit of, of a conspiracy theory in the xrp community um but it was a ring um with doge on it Mm-hmm. And it says one coin to rule them all, but it was pointed up in the direction of where it says XRP, and XRP was in the top corner, and it said like XRP BTC Doge. That's interesting. Um, yeah, super cool. Um, uh, people also like really just like break down like things that he says and like you mm-hmm. know try to figure out if he's speaking in code. So he, he does speak in code like, sometimes. Jamaat- no, he definitely does. Um, like. And they'll even, like, throw things in the Gematria calculator to, like, try to see, like, you know, what the hidden messages are. And I think that's kind of fun. Like, Elon is fun. Um, I just, one know... one man should not have all that power. He's just expanding oh. a little too fast for me in too many too, sectors. Too and many... I would trust him if he didn't have government contracts. Like, I would love to believe in the things he said Every if he, he, that man has government contracts. So, I would love to contract. think you're for the people, but I know no, your wealth has been built by government subsidies and you're just like oh no i'm not gonna pay taxes but also like i want to put Neuralink in everybody's brains and like control crypto and um just like because it's fun to speculate um Mm -hmm. like you think that well i'm sure Neuralink probably in like 15 or 20 years will really actually become a thing and it terrifies me um but in the same way that like one day we're gonna have self-driving vehicles that are gonna operate as a DAO and also be able to like just make its own money with its own like Bitcoin or XRP or whatever wallet. Um, I wonder if like he'll 
end up doing kind of like that same thing with us like with siblings I would hope not because that would be slavery again (laughs) (laughs) once is enough (laughs) once is enough for society hope we got that (laughs) message um but yeah I don't know I just don't like it when one person controls seven different like multiple industries that affect our lives in various facets like Mm -hmm. this man has DNA from dinosaurs he has spaceships he has uh, self-driving cars you know he has brain chips that encompasses various different fields that could affect our life seeing the direction of the world that we're going in and like climate change like his his holds on the future are very strong and I think we all should be a little bit aware of that and how we navigate that with a close eye uh, that's my only well, concern with him also like the guy has a government contract to deliver weapons around the world in two hours or less Yep, which and is- now he has Twitter, which is data, and we don't know how he's going to interpret that data and who he's going to interpret that data with, and that is a huge problem, and I would love to have that question answered. If someone could just show me how that would yeah, work out, because that's a little who, weird. Who elects him? Who elects him? Who- well, he said he's going to put a new CEO on the Twitter board, so I don't, you know, I'm just trying to be open-minded, but, you know, well, Elon. Like, my whole thing with, like, Twitter at this point to where like it really only social media town square yeah um it it has to it's going to end up needing to be decentralized I hate it I love Twitter it's the one app that I you know I could disappear off the face there I'll still be on Twitter though um so listen listen listen. you know this is very disheartening Twitter since well I've been on Twitter since I think like 2010 same um and it's part of my personality I have been I know like the swamp of Twitter, it is it is a mm-hmm. cesspool, and it is probably like one of humanity's biggest detriments, right? Aside from Facebook, but I love it. But it could be worse. Like someone was saying, why don't we just have decentralized Twitter? I said you couldn't ban Nazis on decentralized Twitter; they would have to just stay. You know, that's the problem. Um, it's so like mm, you can't. It's I think decentralized. It's open. Be allowed to tell on themselves. I think. Yeah, I just don't think people should be. But in the case of like the blind leading the blind stupid leading the stupid you know people can encourage other people you don't want to give them a platform to like group up together and meet up at 12 and like set the (laughs) town on fire you know so it's just like there has to be boundaries boundaries you're absolutely right but i figured that that could probably be coded into like a protocol it can but you know it can also be uncoded so i mean it could just be i think there are some decentralized twitter features that happen but all of them you because i don't think they can control what content goes onto it like i don't think that's codable like you can't just like be like because everything is subjective right like you can say i wouldn't want this content but like what if it's in a sarcastic commentated way i don't think it counts as such so that right you know you can't code that yeah, it'll so, probably end up leading to, like, wild censorship, that, that issue. Yeah, that's what we're trying to avoid, so I, I think, eh. um, to our topic of, like, this whole influencer thing, did you think Paris Hilton kind of used her platform for it, or did you think that she was, like, a fair balance of what an influencer should be in the crypto space, if there was one? Yes, yes, and the only reason why I say that is because, like, one, everybody knows Paris Hilton is kind of like pr- just promoting things, right? Yeah. So you know that's what you're getting, um, especially when it comes to something like this. But also, hers is the only one that looks legitimate. But let's backtrack. Every other like 
celebs, influencers, like their own NFTs, like whatever. Like compare hers to Snoop, and mm-hmm. hers looks way more like serious and legitimate than Snoop's. Granted, do I think either one of them have like inherent value? You know, Snoop didn't do his own NFT. He has a team behind him that set it up. You know, Snoop probably has no that idea what the his, fuck is, is happening. Also on Crypto.com. So. Yeah, various issues with that platform. Um, I Snoop think always getting a check. He's yeah. Always 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 getting in check. He and Kiki so, Palmer not, have like I'm not hate, Yeah, I'm not hating on him. Um but the thing about Paris Hilton, let's think about Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton already has money. Let's let's start there. So not to say that these people don't have money, but she doesn't she's not someone that really benefits from um using her her brand and things. Like she is a brand. Right. Like I don't work jobs, which I am a job. That's that's Paris Hilton. She already is a brand right. as a person. So when she probably stepped into the space, she did it the right way. I think she's like working with like she worked with two um, like crypto art artists or whatever. And then like, they paired with her likeness and then released an NFT, which is what it should be. That is the formula that I would hope that influencers would use, but we're not seeing right. that. And that's the problem. Right. And it, it has like a, I don't know. I'd like the name of the collection. It's called Past mm-hmm. Lives New Beginning. And, and aesthetically it was pretty. Um, yeah, no, aesthetically it was pretty. Um, and it is on the origin protocol, which um, it is an ETH token right now at the well as of today not at time of filming but as of today um the origin protocol token is at 45 cents and they have like a pretty cool thing um granted like i don't want to personally i won't do any nfts um on anything ethereum um, it's a life choice so, it's very difficult right <laughs> right so on their on their website um it says that like you can sell your nft for free when you convert a portion of your sales to their governance token which mm. i think can be cool like if it's done correctly right and like yeah. what are we governing obviously the blockchain but you know like how how much um activity does it have on it how much use like how many people are actually using it yeah to for it to make sense to for you to even want to to stake in government but I liked her too because she kept going on shows and she was like trying to explain it. And I think that's very important. Some some of these influencers, I'm not gonna explain it to you, you just buy it because it's like, I liked it today. But like she actually like took the time to go on the show and say, I like I'm really into cryptocurrency, like this is what it is. I'm releasing an NFT. And I feel like some of these influencers are like, I don't have to explain it, I'm just gonna sell it. And that's horrible because I think well, you should be able to explain what the project does. Yeah, you should no, be able to be a full representation of the project while, you know, doing whatever you're doing with the project. For sure, because, like, I just would not try to sell anything that I cannot, like, explain what it is. That's that's kind of ridiculous. Um, but also, and it's, like, it does make her and her project seem, like, a lot more legitimate or, or that it would have value because, ultimately, like, they're Paris Hilton NFTs. Like, yeah, it's a collectible due to, instead of just promoting something at, with, right. You know, like, didn't um, other people do that with, like, Ethereum Max or something like that? So that's um, what what happened with Kim K and Floyd Mayweather. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read the um, Ethereum Max description that is on CoinMarketCap. Okay. Um, Just to let, you know, the listeners know, if they don't already know what Ethereum Max is, um, note that it is not Ethereum. It is, like, it has nothing to do with like the ethereum foundation or anything like that 
Um, but their description says, we launched Emacs with a vision to bridge the gap between the emergence of community-driven tokens and the well-known foundational coins of crypto, creating a unique token that provides lifestyle perks with financial rewards and incentives to its holders with a pathway for practical long-term use in everyday life. And then it goes on to say, this is the essence of the culture token, which what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. um, it continues to say, Emacs launched with a total supply of two quadrillion tokens. It's not even, I'm looking at it on CoinMarketCap, it's value. Oh my God. I, I, I don't think I looked at the value earlier today, um, but total supply two quadrillion tokens that's like, ridiculous that's like and then it like it's somehow worse than ethereum not having a max supply yeah no one talks about it enough everyone's like oh ethereum we burn it for the transaction yeah but it has a max supply so it doesn't really matter it only yeah, matters like, when it has a max supply you can burn all you want but you still keep yeah. making it it doesn't really matter i mean i know they're reducing the amount that they make but again Stop using yeah, that as a focal even, point to explain each issues. It's not. Right. Also, but so to, to continue from the absurdity of two quadrillion tokens, um, then they go on to explain their tokenomics um, by saying that their circulating supply continues to decrease as their tokenomics include a 0% tax on buys, a 6% tax on sells and transfers, 3% mm -mm. of which remain in treasury, in treasury and 3% is burned every week. So you're see, only getting rid of 3%. See, that tax stuff, to me, is a red flag. The treasury. Red flag. Well, so I, I, the tax is like a gas fee, right? Okay, fine, whatever. I can accept that on some wow. transfers. I don't like it, but I can I can accept it. But is but that saying that there's saying, no additional gas fee for their their transactions? That's, what, okay. that's never fully stated uh, when there's a tax, yeah, that and that's not, bullshit to me. That is, that for sure that it is not stated yes that is bullshit it should totally be stated there should not be a tax in addition to a gas fee um but again where what gets me here with this one is three percent of which remains in treasury and three percent is burned every other week um so why, pick why are you keeping three percent in treasury and to me when people say i'm keeping a treasury you guys need to physically show the treasury at all times I'm not with the whole and we it's have a like, treasury. Where is it? Let and, me see and, it. And that and like it should be an escrow. Yeah, the treasury and the treasury's wallet should be posted as well. So we can mm -hmm. see if they're going into the wallet. And I know right, some people exactly. are like, that's a safety thing, but it's like, yeah, for you guys. Because we've seen other projects where they've gone into the treasury and who are we how are we to know? We don't know. Because yeah, we can't and, see and it. Just moving it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Safe move. Yeah, so um, <laughs> So then they continue to say to start off on the right foot and to establish Emacs as a long-term project, um, I'm just going to go ahead and pause and say that any language like this in any description of any project um, is, is like a, is a no, it's an a red flag. No. Absolutely a red not. Flag. Start off on the right foot. Like you're like saying that in your description. Nope. Mm -mm, not happening. Um, but to start off on the right foot and to establish Emacs as a long-term project, we had no biased pre-sale event as 100% of the tokens were released on the open market. Oh, so you didn't have an ICO, an unregistered, an illegal ICO? Wow, how how redeeming of you, Ethereum Max. 
I don't, and then also taking the likeliness of Ethereum to boost your project is a whole red flag too. You can't fucking do that. It's like you can't yeah, do because- Solana Part Four. Like you can't just take a cryptocurrency's name, have no connection to it in any way, of the the dev team or founders, and just make a project. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then they go on to say that they locked liquidity to support the project, and founder wallets have been locked and verified as a sign of commitment to deepen trust within the community. Um. If you have to say any of those things, like, I don't think trust I'm not, you. I'm yeah. not going to trust you. Hedera it's like, Hashgraph does not have to have this on their website, right? Yeah. Um, or, or use that as a disclaimer. And then, so this is two times now that they're saying Emacs is a long-term project. Yeah, you don't have to say it. It should That's just be one. No worries. Just make it one. Project. Don't seed it. With a bold vision, strategic roadmap, and united community, if you are paying Kim Kardashian and Floyd Mayweather to promote this, um, I don't think there is a community at all, um, much less mm-hmm. a united one. To well, accomplish lofty goals, few have ever imagined. Oh, yeah. What goals? Lofty. Where are the goals? Yeah, and let alone conquered. And we plan on just doing that. Um, Let's go back to the fact that it is supposed to be a culture token, and that is its utility. You can't just have vibes as a function. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> vibes. What do you offer? Vibes. <laughs> like the U.S. government. What is our dollar's value? The faith in the government. Okay, vibes. <laughs> vibes. Okay. But that's literally what they it's did. Just... Oh my goodness, that's great. So like since they um since they shilled it it's lost like 97 percent of its value um i don't know what the what the today price of it is it was um, like below a cent it was like really bad it was like one two three four five six seven eight nine tenth of a cent tenth below a cent i think that's six nine nine coin i think that's worth a nanny oh we're right. gonna get to later um that is also kind of ridiculous but yeah, yeah. it's just i think these you know but also let's not blame the influencers because what if they think it's like what if they think it's a check like another check like that what let's let's just suggest for five seconds they're ignorant too but that's a problem though because these companies shouldn't be able to, to have lawyers to not be ignorant yeah but a check is, we don't know how much money they're being offered if someone offered you three hundred thousand dollars I'm not like that, but like you know, I'm pretty sure they're just like this is the easiest money I've ever made. It's not to like talk about a coin. Okay, cool. And they know that the the people offering them the money know that as well. So I'm not saying they're absolved from guilt, but I think in some contexts they may not know the the depth of their involvement in this. Yeah, I mean, current like well, I don't know how current um it is, but they are being sued over the allegations. Um, saying the word allegations, you know, for legal purposes, that they misled investors um, when they were promoting Emacs to their social media followers. And guess who else is in on this scam? Buddy that we talked about earlier today, um, Logan Paul. So and he's a repeat offender. Like, he's the problem. I, like, if I, you're a repeat offender, I, like, you... You go he into the scam box. The yeah, jail. he needs to go. He needs to be in blockchain. So an, an right. unknowing celebrity being offered something, okay, pass, right? Like you didn't know. You're not very aware. 
normal. Your assistant probably approved it. You took the check, whatever. But he is a repeat offender. This is his job now. Like he is now a crypto like influencer, connoisseur, scammer. Like this is now who he is as a person. Like we just accept it. Yeah, no, but so apparently um, him and Floyd Mayweather, they endorsed the token in their boxing match. Um, and it was oh, that's bad. Payment. It was accepted as payment for the tickets to the event. For Ethereum Max? According according to the lawsuit, yes. Oh, they're fucked. You can't do that. Yeah. You yeah. can't assign it like that. That's a no. Because now you're tying it to a sale at an event and then devaluing it afterwards. So it's like now you were doing it for a set place and time. You accrued the value and then allowed it to plunge yeah, into no, the depths probably, of doom. And they probably doom. cashed that after the event as well. I mean, I don't know, right? Allegedly, allegedly. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they made like money in twelve ways off the event, like the pay per view, the ETH Max tickets, whatever NFT they had surrounding it, like mm-hmm. got paid four ways. So, I mean, but that's just that in itself is not right because now you're attaching the hype of an event to a, the purchase of a cryptocurrency, and that's also a little making it seem like it's a, a serious thing. Like aside, yeah. From, like because like, if I saw that they were accepting, I'd be like, oh, okay. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, oh, no, I, it's legitimate. Oh my goodness, they're accepting this as payment. Yeah, like they're not accepting Bitcoin as payment, but they're, and they're accepting this as payment. Yeah, for red me, flag number twenty six. Red flag number twenty six. <laughs> we can't pay in Bitcoin here, but we can pay in the newly created Ethereum Max. Wow, that's clever. It's that really clever. To do with Ethereum. That has nothing to do. The founder is like, what the fuck is this? Like, no. That's like kind of like my same um, fear with um, Flare Finance and the Flare Network. Flare Finance has nothing to do with Flare Network at all. And, yeah. <sighs> yeah. When I lawyers get into the crypto space, they are going to have a field fucking day. Like the lawsuits, I'm telling you, if you're a lawyer, please, I make one thing clear in this podcast go study like um, infringements, like licensing ipo like do all that because you'll make you'll be a millionaire because there's so many issues with people thinking i'm just going to make a coin that's similar to a name and then i'm just going to profit from men just do that like you literally can't do that for licensing reasons and that's why like i'm really really thankful for attorneys that are in the space like um and his wife and Mm -hmm. then also john deaton so john deaton is like an asbestos lawyer oh wow yeah, okay. he like he he is an asbestos lawyer, and um he's like the mesothelioma guy, you know. What? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Three in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So he represents he represents those clients, and um he is now the guy that is like essentially um like doing a class action on behalf of well I don't know if it's a, if it's a class action per se. But essentially, like he's the guy that's like representing all of the XRP holders. Um, oh, God bless him! In the, in the lawsuit, like as a friend of the court. That's good. Yeah. So him and then Jeremy Hogan, I think they do like family law or. Oh, how sweet! Like, that's a good pivot for them. Right. Something totally it's really good not pivot for them. Crypto, right? Um. And yeah, and I'm I'm really happy to see attorneys like them that like that this just isn't their field, like completely like saying that you know what this isn't right. Um, we need answers. There's no regulation. There's no clarity. Yeah. Like, let's get into. And this that's the problem. And, like, learn and find things out. And because there's no regularity, these people feel like 
I can get away with it. And they can't get away with it. By the time anyone's yeah. figured out that it's a scam, they've already moved the money into a wallet no one can find. So it's like, by the time the court the court lawsuit even begins, they've already done X, Y, and Z with the money they've received. So it's just and like... Made off with it. And made off with it. And, like, and, and they've already consulted their lawyer, you know, and gotten out of it. And that's the problem. It's like, there's no repercussions for them because there's no law. There's not a set, like, if you do this, we will sue you immediately. There's just like, oh, right. I got to find someone to represent me and I have to gather the holders and they have to get upset and come, you know, it's, it's a process suing someone. For yeah, and usually these things have to happen in a class action because let's be real, like people that are, that are getting scammed and like these like NFT scams, influencer scams and rug pulls, mm-hmm. they probably don't have the disposable income to like go out and hire an attorney. No, they just got scammed. They just lost whatever yeah, money they put into a project. So, yeah. Can we talk about one that we both are not too fond of? Um, and that's exactly who I was segueing into with them. Mr. Mr. <laughs> Gary V. Mr. Viner Shook. Oh, how do I begin with this one? Um, so I um, think his segue into crypto has been... He, first of all, let's start with the fact that he has a cult following. So that's literally a, a cult cool. following. You Then you have it your own a- buyers. That want to participate and be in any space at any capacity, whether or not it's a, you know, it's an audited project. We don't even know if these projects are being audited for one. So he has an army of people willing to pay hand and foot for his projects. And he's another person I wish just never be involved in crypto. Um, for anything for that matter, because he's a grifter. So his uh, his NFT collection, um, it's called V Friends. You've seen it, right? It literally looks like a four-year-old drew it with their eyes closed. Like, it's just is, odd. Is the V friends... Uh, that's different that's different than his restaurant thing. Oh, God, he has a restaurant. He serves people food. That's horrible, too. So, oh, no, you're gonna... We could do V friends first, and then when I tell you about his restaurant thing, like, I, I can't wait to see the expression on your face. So, it's just so absurd and ridiculous. Like, no. Okay, so I'll read to you what is V Friends. V Friends is the name of Gary V. Chucknick. Uh, in the C collection, he created V Friends to bring his life ambitions of building a community around his creative and business passions using NFT technology and their smart contract capabilities. It's vague and unnecessary. By owning V Friends NFT, you immediately become a part of the V Friends community and access to VCon. So by describing that, you still don't know what it does. And their smart track smart contract capabilities all nfts have smart contracts attached to them that's how they are nfts like I, <laughs> why would you say that like that to people who read books um and then why nfts much like 1995 and 2005 when gary saw the macro trend with internet and web 2.0 he knew that the only way he was going to understand nfts was actually to be a part of it experiment so gary believes that nfts will be here for the rest of his life how old are you gary you don't know and then Gary intensively be consulting, investing, advising, and speaking about NFTs. So he needed to have his own project to test, learn, and understand everything about it. At the end of the day, Gary is a practitioner and an operator. He would never speak about NFTs unless he was entrenched on how they work, uh, involved firsthand. So would you want someone to talk about the project? They don't. It doesn't talk about tech. 
it doesn't talk about development. It doesn't talk about like having interest in the developing part of the NFT. It's literally like weird. It's just him claiming it to be an experiment. And then and I what guess blockchain it runs on, what protocol it's running on. Like I like I got more from Paris Hilton than I did from like and and people would be like what exactly and that's the point they were trying to say this man knows nothing about nfts and he's like blatantly admitting it and saying that this is an experiment and he's not really quite sure how it's going to go but you should just buy it and then vcon um vcon was if you bought two of his nfts uh you were supposed so that's another way how he got everyone the nft was priced at 900 dollars, but if you brought two two of them you were exactly so and that's something that someone needs to talk about when you talk about the floor price of nft it's the mint you know and then how you get people to keep the nft if you say if you hold it you're going to go to this convention called vcon then what are people going to do they're going to hold it they're going to buy two and they're right. going to hold them until the convention because they want to see you they want to see you in person so yeah, um to say the exact same things that he says like on his youtube channel for the past however long he's been doing youtube right and then all vfriend token owners uh get access to vcon vcon is a multi-day event exclusively for nft holders your nft will give you a three-year access pass. Uh, this conference will be focused around business, marketing ideas, creativity, entrepreneurship, innovation, competition, of course, fun. So Gary's folks. happen every year. He said, I don't, yeah, I guess. It says for 20. Have a three-year access pass? Yeah, but then again, that's like, well, I have to hold my NFT for three years if I want to go, right? So I can't mm -hmm. sell it within three years. This is a smart swindler he is. Um, Gary's focus is to curate the best experience for his community, bring enormous access and informational value to all VFriends token holders and tenants. If you own two VFriends tokens, this means that you have two tickets to VCon. All dates and locations will be announced at least 180 days in advance for VCon. Yeah, so. Um, for sure thing that VCon has um, been like set up and set out for three years. To happen. I mean, and they don't have this... like agreements with venues or anything like that. So my issue, yeah, but my issue with this is he basically utilizes fan base. He utilizes because again, what does he do? He goes on these tours. He talks. So it's like you already have people that want to see you. So you create an NFT project. You offer a pass. It's an easy sell, and I get it. But that doesn't mean it's right because, and especially when you have people buying such expensive NFTs, like they're more liable to loss, you know? So it's like you're, you're utilizing your fan base in such a negative way. Um, and when a lot of people like look to him, like I have a friend um, that like, he was just, you know, down, down in the dumps, down on his luck. And like, he started listening to Gary Vee um, to like work through his problems and stuff. And that that's the type of people that like listen yeah. to him and that become part of his cult and they're so mm -hmm. vulnerable yeah. um well they are so much more vulnerable to like his scams and his shenanigans and just his grift because of that right because they're like oh wow this guy has all the answers and he sounds he sounds like he's making sense um and he's just like another grifter it's a it's a donald trump effect it's like when people said they voted for him they were like he's gonna be a, a great economical resource and he's going to financially improve america when you know because he's a great businessman he's not a great businessman he has a lot he, he just had more money to build businesses that failed you don't you don't hear that he multiple a multitude of his businesses are bankrupt but unfortunately because when we look at people we looked at their general achievements not like how is this business performing today that should be a, a good question that people ask 
so it's the same with Gary Vee. They're like, oh, he's a businessman. He came from nothing, which is a story that we could break down at a later time, which is not true. His parents own a liquor store worth $4 million. Someone that comes from right. nothing doesn't come with a family business worth $4 million. They come from nothing. So I think that's another issue is how he explains himself and how he, who he speaks to himself about and how he makes it seem as if he came from nothing to speak to other people that are currently struggling in situations like that when that is not the case. So his whole fan base, his relationship with his fan base is also a lie on top of that. Yeah. So I that he's forfeiting personally. No, and then and then they go and spend almost two thousand dollars on two NFTs that they're gonna have to hold for three years to get the full value of the NFT, right? The full utility of it, what he's advertising it as just to like see him and just entrench themselves more in the cult. And I'm that's be- like and because of that price value, yeah. no one's going to look into it. They're going to be like, it's successful. It's worth Because I looked well, at one and today. How, and that's how it's going to be able to maintain the price for three years as well. Like one of them is worth 17 grand. It. It's a picture of a panda. A panda. <laughs> it's worth 17 grand. And I'm just like, I know he drew this with like one hand while with eye closed. You know, like there was no artistic effort being done in this process. I'm going to have and, to. I mean, that's what I said. It, by the CIA. Oh my God. I've literally <laughs> been telling everyone, go make an NFT project. Like, just start drawing something and putting it on the internet, dear Lord. Because if this man can go parade himself and say, it, like, yeah, I am like, an NFT assessor, like, I know what's up. Like, you know. Yeah, young boy broke, ne- broke never again. Um, but I, I just want to talk about one more thing he did. He Okay, so this is really weird. You guys can, like, go research this later. But he did an NFT collab with an eight-year-old. Um, uh, the thing about it was you're supposed to get an NFT with Nazi's face and um, JPEG images with letters. Um, and it was hosted on Bitsky. And then the holders of six letters were told be, like, uh, they'll be able to get an additional one. Um, then they changed the condition and said that anyone who had originally minted all six would get an airdrop. Um, he promoted it and then said it was redeemable for a meet and greet with an eight-year-old. Um, and then he went on to Twitter and said, any other child under 13 that has an NFT collection, let me know. I would love to collab. So, and I was just like, that's scary. Like, that's what he did before Be Friends. Um, because he is someone who knows how to identify an audience and monetize them. And yeah. that's his whole MO. And I hate that. Like, that is not what NFTs are for. I mean, also, it's kind of weird because it's, like, kids, like, I don't know. I'm always, like, very, um, like, it's always very fishy to me when, when people do things, like, with kids. And then it's also, like, a scam on top of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, and then not they're... So... Wait, no, we... continue, continue. Oh, sorry. No, it's, like, their likeness is all over the internet now. Like, the child could never get, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. always will be there. Like, I don't, she's eight. She probably didn't consent to that. She's like, whatever, you know what yeah, MT like, is. And her, like, I'm obviously, I'm sure her parents did or like whoever represented her, but also it's like, you know, how educated are they on this topic? Like, they probably thought that it was like a good branding deal for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, no, dude, it's weird. Um, what I, I was going to say um, after, like, well, either before or after this, um, his restaurant thing. What is his restaurant? Oh my god. So it's called Fish Club. Uh-huh. Fish Club. That sounds like a horrible name to begin with. 
for you to begin the deep. <laughs> and right. so it's a private dining experience in New York City. Like, first off, dining in New York City is already like private. Ridiculous. Right. Yeah, because yeah, y- you have to show your passport to be able to dine inside or outside of New York City. Um, so now you're going to like triple down on that and like with your weird NFTs. Okay, fine. So the NFTs they grant access to a restaurant. Um, the lowest. Um, so there's two tiers, right? One is two point five ETH. And then the other one is like four point something or whatever, like almost five Ethereum. Um, and the food and drink are not included in this fine dining experience. This oh my god! Just to get in. Oh this my god! Just to get in. Is it the crack that he's smoking before he created this project <laughs> that led him to this theory and caused it? Because I'm upset. Uh, oh my god! I can't like, even get a drink while I'm being robbed. The odd- the audacity right like supposedly like it renews every year or whatever um but yeah dude that's wild and like if you have (sighs) 2.5 ETH or 4.8 ETH to spend um on entrance into a private dining experience in New York City and then you also have the funds to pay for food and drink additionally um i don't feel bad for you i don't care i think like you deserve to be scammed by gary v like these are I like mean, the only people that i just don't care but it's so like if, if you lowered the cost of this influencer scam. yeah if, if, if you lower the cost of this I this think would be, be cute because there would this be, would be cute well th- yeah yes but it's like also dog like i gotta pay for the and then no no food no drinks like no appetizers he has really good delivery he has good delivery like in terms of concept but he has no plan to actually physically attend to it like his parent it's like it's like someone who writes an outline the outline's really good but like everything inside of it's shit that's gary v he's really a good outline man but yeah, there's no there's no substance it. within it. It's just a bag of shit that you're selling to people. Like I would love this for a company that like maybe isn't doing well, maybe sell passes to subsidize a slow season so that they have enough money from the sale to like really focus on their restaurant. That way they're unaffected and they can just produce great food. That's cool for a right. small business. Not for Gary because we don't know how he's gonna execute this. If he'll ever actually execute it. When did he do this? Was it during COVID? Because if it was during COVID, he'd be shit. Because um, he could have No. I think, well, let's Google it. So, here, Pfeiffer's Pub. Oh, the website, Um, if anybody listening wants to, you know, actually check it out, it's fly, F-L-Y, fish, F-I-S-H, club, C-L-U-B, dot com. Um, and it doesn't look incredibly sophisticated. And then I'm also looking at it. There's no development team. There's no mention of a development team on the bottom half. <laughs> It's only people, founder, chief executive officer of hospitality, which is great. You guys know how to make food, but what do you know about maintaining an NFT project with real life use case in a real world setting? You probably know nothing. And that's a problem for me. Amazing. Apparently they also have an Instagram. I'm going to have to check that out later, but oh my goodness. So I'm looking at the website and like 2021, there's there's a top part. There's Gary V's face. And yeah. then there's a picture of the most hideous looking dead fish 
assortment ever. Like the Instagram looks awful as well. I mean, what was that aesthetically pleasing to? And again, like I would look at something like this and be like, no, this isn't this isn't legitimate. This isn't like super serious. But again, it's the no. magnitude of power he holds from his other ventures that people would apply in a space mm-hmm. that he may or may, may or may not be um, knowledgeable in. And that's the problem. These people can walk into a new space and apply the same level of interest that their fan base has into these projects that may not be, have done properly or may not even be executed fully. And after that sale, they don't even have to do anything, really. That's the problem that people are not getting. When you purchase an NFT, that's your NFT, right? But some projects are like banks and they're like, I did my job because their job is to create a project and sell it. And they did. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they'll maintain whatever they promise to do is up on the integrity of the project. And when you look at someone who doesn't have integrity, you have to be very skeptical about that. Or someone that's just jumping into every project because it's like you're just anything. You're just Everything. Right. Like you have no um like what are you even about? Like I don't I don't even get him. Like, like what no standards, right? Exactly. Like, like you like pictures of animals and then a, a food club. Like what's going on? Like I don't see consistency <laughs> in your work. There's no consistency. No, I mean and throughout anything that he does, and I think that's also something that, you know, if you're looking to someone that may or may not be influencing you or attempting to influence you to make any kind of investments right like these are these are things that like you should look at in their character and try to identify before investing your money because you know ultimately like why are you going like these people don't care about you no we don't care because truly more than enough money to not care about you as well so to me so before this other side land sale it to me um before scratching we're not going to talk about that because that was a shit show we're not but to me, like people who care about their projects, what do they do? They reduce gas fees because they understand that you're spending an exorbitant amount of money to participate in this project. Why do I want to charge you more than that? So, which right. can be put in a smart contract. So, some you. So, when Gary actually did his mint um, for V Friends, um, I think it cost it. It would they made like eight million in the beginning, but it cost twenty six million dollars in gas fees. Someone who cares about cares exactly someone how does the gas fees oversee the um the project price and and then again everyone was like why why isn't gary v doing a mint he didn't do a mint he didn't do a pre-mint he didn't do a whitelist he didn't do a pre-mint he just was like everyone can buy it at the same time everyone cannot buy it at the same time like i just need everyone to know if you're launching an ethereum based nft project you cannot mint at the same time it's not going to happen and if it does happen it's going to be very expensive it can't it wasn't designed to it was not designed to yeah. handle all that at but, once at well, the same also, time. Like not scaled out. Like, like don't do that. Yeah. But that person clearly is not like intelligent and did not have that knowledge and also probably doesn't care. He's like, whatever, I'm gonna make a project and mint it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that to me, red flag number twenty seven point five. You know, it's like making a project and not caring about like how the users get it or how that process is. Because it shouldn't be difficult to purchase the NFT. It shouldn't be expensive to purchase one aside from the cost Correct. of the NFT. Yeah, it shouldn't cost more in gas fees to purchase the NFT than it does than the project. The NFT. Yeah, right. No, absolutely. No, no. that's disgusting. Why? Absolutely, yeah. why? Because that's automatically like I would just you know. Especially with the burning mechanism, like they're burning a portion of it too, so it's just like you're just throwing I, money in the trash at that point. I would just try to write that off as like a capital loss. Like if you can't, I'm not a tax. I mean, 
there were certain situations where they were refunding them, but you shouldn't have to go back and refund for gas fees. That's something you should be coding out. And that what that means is you probably didn't even hire a really decent development team because you don't care. But also, I feel like that kind of like defeats the whole purpose of crypto because you're not supposed to have to do these things. Like a, a big a big purpose of why crypto was created is so that we can do things trustlessly. Um, mm -hmm. And in, in this whole, especially in the NFT space um, and in the scammer coin, like influencer space, like mm -hmm. we're not able to, to do things trustlessly. And that yeah. is sad. I mean, I, I don't think that's cryptocurrency itself being the problem. I really think it's who's coming into this space and who is capitalizing and then why aren't we questioning their role in this space? Right, because it's like, crypto should be for everyone and I don't want to be the person that like is like trying to gatekeep, right? Because also, who am I? But at the Oh, time, I will because it's not for people who are exorbitantly rich. Fence. There has to be a fence. It's not for people who are already wealthy. I am so sorry. I don't care if you have 100 million and you, you went and bought like, you know, 10 billion yeah, tokens. Okay, more. great whatever like but it's not for you it's for that kid in singapore that like you know like wants to protect his current currency and like you know like doesn't really have a, maybe a bank account but like bought crypto and he was able to hold that and like you know then starts researching the technology then like buys his first nft like that's what crypto is for it's right, not for that they're doing like a play to earn and that's how they yeah. you know make, make like, their money yeah no i i can agree with that i can i can agree with that and like my my radical radical views and mindset um yeah if you're rich you probably shouldn't like be doing i mean you can but it's like you already have money what's the point like i don't yeah. get it like what do you want more billions i don't when does it stop never it doesn't it, it doesn't. doesn't it doesn't until they stop or until we become one of them and then we're like oh no don't no. i mean um, like okay so it's like what board H yeah if I ever like did a project I would want to do that like I would give I would like take the earnings from the coin and then develop a token and then give it back to the holders and then you know obviously keep a portion to keep working on the project but like mm -hmm. my goal wouldn't be to take from the project I don't think a lot of people's goals are to take from their projects because development and all this stuff is expensive like dev teams and like creating this technology and like working with it that it's expensive so it's like if you're not investing back into yourself like that's why you see projects are asking for funding they're like raising new funding all the time because you know this stuff costs and why they're reaching out to vc which is also like mm. hey man we hate it yeah but, i mean I, and that's a whole nother podcast episode with how far that goes and how that creates distrust in the crypto community because, you know, now we have VCs owning, you know, majority of the tokens issued, you know, and yeah, that's and not cute. Um, yeah, they don't exist to, to always do what's best. They exist oh, no. Profitable. <laughs> BlackRock. Yeah, exactly. And short-term profits, right? And sometimes, sometimes short-term profits are not more important than the long-term effects of whatever you're doing to get the and honestly we should be afraid because yourself in the foot later. dumping any time we have no control over it they could dump for whatever reason or whatever arrangement they've made and that mm -hmm. affects price they could move a market in an instant yep. we, that's why we should all reject vcs as much as humanly possible yeah no i'm i'm i mean just ideologically i don't like vcs period um but yeah for sure 
in in this space especially um i i think that it can be like really detrimental um to our project and again to whoever is investing in that project um of course people should do their own research they should do their due diligence but realistically a lot of people are not doing it and i think that's why um we wanted to make this our, our first episode right in our first discussion because a lot of people that are, are getting into the crypto space, especially within the last few years, are doing it because of influencers and because of shady people and, and because there's, like, you know, larger financial interests behind these projects that are, like, not benevolent, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think ultimately, like, the goal of this conversation, right, is to decide, like, or or, or not even decide, right, because we're not deciding authorities, um, no. but, you know, to, like, discuss, like, who should be held responsible for these rug pulls and for these scams? Because, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, it's it's like the individual's fault and personal responsibility and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure. To an extent. Right. Um, um, I... And I, I would like note that the Securities Act um, does, quote unquote, cover sales pitches to particular people, not communications to the public at large. Um, but when you're posting this on your Twitter, you're posting this on your Instagram, or you're going on TV even and doing a late night talk show and like talking about these things, like mm, that's a communication to the public at large. That's not a sales pitch to particular people. And to me, from you know, from falling into in love with like since 2019, I don't remember seeing any form of an influencer. Like, I never bought a project because an influencer told me to. So I just find it very odd that these situations are popping up and happening because it's very alarming because I remember most communities being so afraid that something was going wrong or, like, something would crash or, like, the dev team wasn't working out they're replacing people. Like, you know, a lot of projects really want to get to a solid core foundation before they even start talking about it, which could be years. So when all of these influencers pop up and they're, like, bragging on it but can't tell me any function, any benefit, you know, how would this be used? It's always a red flag for me because that's not how I fell into crypto. It wasn't an influencer base. It was like technical research. What is the foundation doing? What is this DAO doing? How is this blockchain being utilized? Purely fundamentals. And that's how I made my purchases and my portfolio built upon. It wasn't ever upon an influencer talk. So I find all of this to be highly manipulative. And I can't even say like, so... um... What, what really got me into crypto were like crypto YouTubers, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which now I've been in the space long enough and they have also been in the space long enough that like at this point, they have become influencers in the crypto community. But there is a big difference between people like, and, and I don't love him and I think he's r- like wrong on things that like he just should not be wrong about. But BitBoy... Um, there's a big difference between someone like him talking about like what is in his investment portfolio than a Jake Paul, than a Gary Vee, than a Floyd Mayweather, than a Paris Hilton, right? But that's a more of a technical thing within itself. They're explaining to you like how long, see, they're even doing that. They'll say how long I've had it, what I do with it, what platforms I've used with it. They're explaining to you how you use it. In any of these like influencer situations, none of them are saying that I own this token in my portfolio currently. Or like I've utilized it in any function, and that should be another red flag. They're not even, acknowledging even they ownership. Even if they even if they do say it, um, I I still don't think that that is enough to make it trustworthy because like, yeah, 
you can totally be holding it and you know like and drop it two future, days later yeah right exactly because you met your metrics of whatever you were expected to you know of, of people or dollar sign like dollar amount in investing into the project right because you influenced x amount of people now you're like okay well i'm out where i'm supposed to be and i know i want to cash out now but I heard there are YouTubers that have felt like they are approaching YouTubers now. Like, I know that's a thing. Like, but yes. again, like, you know, again, the, you, you just have to know the content you're watching. Like, mm -hmm. if someone goes on their YouTube channel for three minutes, you're probably like, I love this content, blah, 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 but doesn't tell you anything. That's a red flag. So it's like, you should know what you're watching on fundamentals, price action, function. Like, they're giving you the whole bits and pieces instead of just like, doing the aesthetics and the entertainment value for a point, I would trust their opinion. I would not trust the opinion of a YouTuber that cannot explain something on a technical level. That's just how right, you should look at it. Like just doing research, like pure news, fundamental research about the company, about the project, about what's happening in the space, about how certain things are affecting it. Um, from like a technical perspective, let's be real, like the crypto market is pretty manipulated um, mm -hmm. and it's wildly volatile. So yes, technical analysis is beneficial, um, but I would ride more, especially for like my long-term holds, long-term investments, way more on, on, a, on a strong fundamental analysis of, um, of the projects that, that I'm investing in. And then also just the thing about this too, a crypto project or like coin or DAP, well, a, a coin or blockchain probably wouldn't reach out to people, right? Like that's kind of unusual, but what we see is right. a lot of the, the exchanges in the brokerage like them reaching out so that's a red flag um those that happening and then new projects will be more like more than likely to reach out to influencers but actual like blockchains and tokens of like known they, they don't do that i like, i really don't I've, I've, projects yeah i know they they really don't no. like for example because I, I think they know you're not like, supposed to be doing that they know it what they will do is uh, for legitimate companies and like legitimate well obviously not all but it, they're more than likely legitimate if there's a representative from the company the ceo yeah, the for sure. developer team that they're going on on podcasts and they you know they have their blue check mark and they're tweeting about the amazing wonderful things that the project is doing that yeah. is a bigger kind of legitimacy than you know paying some famous person that like you know is also going to shoot their mcdonald's ad like in a few hours yeah for sure how wonderful this whatever scammy coin project is also like let's be real if it like the words and names of projects should also be telling right because if something is called safe moon it is probably not safe and it is more than likely not going to the moon right yeah um, animals and food animals and food no yeah yeah how serious Oh, and reading the the white paper because that's important. Because if you don't have one, red flag number twenty eight, you need to have a yeah. white paper, buddies. You can't just develop yes. that later because it's like, what were your what was when you developed your cryptocurrency? What were the metrics behind it? You had none. Great, get away from me. Because they right. just made something and they applied their engagements and their influencers to create this value. It's not a token based value. It's a you know influencer based value, and that's horrible. Right, which is like none because really like the moment they step away from the project it tanks so yeah that too and also like um so i think what happened with safe moon is that 
they essentially like copy and pasted the code of IP yep like i think it was no i think it was bsc smart chain and that's already i think i learned the other day i think that their code is copied from adam yeah yeah that's that's, the issue with like open source codes right it is if we don't have intention with copying like we copy the code because we have a specific intention to do with that code if that makes any sense like i'm using this specific code because my coin or blockchain has intentions to to do this and that not because oh i just copied the first code that i saw other people do scam coins on because there's a lot of scam coins on bsn that's why a lot of people are like weird about using it but a third of them like elon gate i think was one like safe moon like a lot of them were on that smart chain um for various reasons i don't touch it that much i don't like interfere with it it is fun to use but like you know i don't really care for it um but yeah and that should be red flag number 78.5 because it's like if someone can copy paste chain they haven't checked for bugs they haven't you know what i mean they haven't really altered it for use um what they're saying they're doing with it is probably untrue you know it's just it let's just say this anyone can copy copy and paste the code and make a coin anyone can do it right i could do it if i was bored one day i would never do that but like you anyone can do it so you shouldn't trust people Mm -hmm that do that and then try to put this whole campaign behind their coin like they just made that up yesterday yeah yeah and that's that's another thing like how much time is behind this mm-hmm. you know? how much time development before the coin is launched because that's another thing no one talks about i would i would trust it if you said we spent like four years in antarctica in pre-development with like locked in a lab with computers you know coding our life away i respect that not yeah oh i'm disappointed as a ceo four months ago and we launched our coin and we do charity work sometimes we love people charity charity and crypto is like the biggest scam to me yes because legally to do that you are okay so the government is cool in that way they will let you set up a nonprofit and own crypto right like and receive crypto donations that's actually something you can do as a nonprofit if you set it up like that to be a, a web3 nonprofit but that is your only function. You cannot be for profit and nonprofit at the right. same time. You're not even allowed to do that having a nonprofit in America. So why would you be able to do that in an unregulated right. situation as we are today? That's like double red flag. So if any project says that we're gonna do this with the money, why are you doing that with the money? You were supposed to put the money in a vault for four years. No one asked right. you to do that. You're not even allowed to do that. So when the people start saying stuff like that, like we're gonna help Africa, that's number one red flag because God, everyone wants to help Africa but doesn't so <laughs> please stop doing that um like so, unless you're going to africa directly like i'm sorry i'm not interested in helping and i think that's even worse africa. to say that you're going to help africa and you don't god yeah. call you gd yeah. what type of person are you um <laughs> yeah i'm not even i can talk about safe moon all day i'm not even gonna sit here because they're they're really special place in hell for them but you know well yeah and then i mean so like Celebrities and influencers are bad enough, but then when we also have like influencer politicians, like our our wonderful mayor, ceremonial mayor of the city of Miami. That we oh, tell me about it. I don't. I thought that was a cool concept. I did not know how it was being handled. So I think it could be. I think it could definitely be a cool concept. Um, just you know, like first off, Miami is Miami. And 
scammers, oh. just scammers everywhere. It's scammer capital. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Miami mm-hmm. and Atlanta, scammer capital. Mm-hmm. Um, one, two, I will invite everyone to watch the Coindesk interview mm-hmm. with, um, like, their team and Mayor Suarez because, wow. That was mm-hmm. just, like, I, I watched the interview earlier today um, when I was preparing for this and, like, taking my notes and everything. And just, like, I was mm-hmm. embarrassed for him. I was really embarrassed for him. I was embarrassed for the city of Miami because, wow. And everything, like, you could tell the the just uh, lack of confidence in all of the interviewers' voices when they were questioning him and just the types of questions that they were asking him. And I totally don't blame them because it's just, like, kind of ridiculous. Like, first, you have, like, a like a, a typical like stereotypical crypto bro mm. so one i'm not i don't want to hear anything you have to say mm. like yeah secondly yeah. he's like he's like a bitcoin mining like proof of work maximalist and also i don't want to hear anything you have to say like you have nothing to tell me that can like educate me or enlighten me just like no right and and people like believed it like and I definitely think there's way more people from outside of Miami than the people in Miami because like people in Miami know how like corrupt he is his family is his father is like there's history here right um mm-hmm. but you have people that are living in like New York or LA or like wherever in the country and they're into crypto and they're also like kind of crypto bros and they're just like leaving the masses with stupidity so impressed and he's young too so and like also like kind of like conventionally attractive so that doesn't help the situation but in in i think you're talking about the mayor right yes yes i think he like appeals to the people that would not probably conventionally fall for like a crypto influencer type thing. Oh, that's bad. Right? That's bad. Because it's coming from a politician. It's coming from a lawmaker. It's coming from someone that is, like, actually has, like, some sort of prestige and, like, trust from the community. It's an elected official. And I think that it's significantly more dangerous to have someone that just has absolutely no idea what the hell they're talking about in yeah. that position yeah. influencing people than, you know, uh, I, I think that's somehow more egregious. Um, but so like I, I'm briefly I'm just going to explain what Miami coin is or like what it was supposed to be. So it's a city-based toy- token 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 built on the city coin city coin protocol. Um it's like a variation of Bitcoin. I think I messaged you about it's this like and I was excited. On Bitcoin. Yes. Uh-huh. I you're like no. It, you I was like, me about that because of the um, it sounded good why it's like some yeah. ridiculous 430% APY and I heard they're going to expand to different offer. cities yeah I hope they don't they need to keep listen, it listen if you mm-hmm. watch the interview literally this is all an experiment like he there is no defined utility or use case for Miami coin well, when I saw the amount going back to the city, I was like, that's weird. You guys already get taxes. Why do you need any amount from so anything else? That's weird. Speculation. So, in, and in theory, and this is what he explained that I did think like, wow, you know, if this does, if it could work, it could be pretty good. But so 
from how he explained it, it's like the mining that like the revenue from from the mining on the blockchain is supposed to generate up to speculative, right? It's supposed to generate up to $60 million in the first year. That's what they were expecting. So that is supposed to go to cover um, expenses for the city and, and replace taxpayer dollars, if that makes sense. I don't but know there's, no, there's no state tax in Miami, right? Well, in Florida, yeah. We don't have, we don't have state tax. Yeah. So it would go for federal taxes? You wouldn't have to pay any federal taxes? No, it would go to like, like the municipal budget. Because we oh. still have like property taxes here and stuff. Oh yeah, so that's like federal stuff. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, like this is his his hope, but like one four hundred thirty percent APY, like that just doesn't. That's right. weird. And wasn't the mining weird too? It was like you set it up yourself. It was like one of those node projects, like on the internet. Like the mining was weird. It wasn't like mining mining. It was like you bought a certain amount and then they. I don't know. It wasn't mining, like by hardware. That I don't even know. But so he was asked, um, like, what about what about people losing their money? Because like at the beginning, like it had like a substantial amount of investment, and he responds, "Oh well, I want to be clear. This is not our coin. This was done by an outside group of people, and we have done significant amount of due diligence." But we bear no liability. That's what this someone is, says right before they prevent themselves from being sued. But okay, <laughs> like okay, okay. And then, like he went on to say, the question is: Does Miami Coin remain a store of value where people are excited about the brand? Brand. Like he got a check for that. And he then he says, and finding it to be a coin to maintain or grow value over time, or if it has a different use case. So you're not even sure what the use case is of it then. And he kept going like back to talking about Bitcoin, how Bitcoin is like, um, at the moment, like a, st- a store of value, because that's all it is. It's not a currency. It doesn't hold all of the characteristics of a currency. Um, but Bitcoin is a store of value. And then you can't even use like at, at many places at many retailers you cannot use bitcoin to transact with because it just doesn't make sense right that's not what bitcoin was like even like built for um well kind of like it was a prototype but it's not it, it doesn't work like that like it's not it's not good enough first generation right wait um, okay i found the way it, it mines it sounds really weird so it says the community mines to create city coins mining city coins is performed by forwarding STK tokens into a smart contract in, in a given stacks block and is a one-way process. Miners are rewarded with the new city coin tokens. Stackers receive STK spent to mine on city coins. 70% of the mining rewards are distributed to people who choose to stack their city coins. And step three is the city reserve, reserve wallet grows. 30% of mining rewards are sent to in stacks to a city custodial reserve wallet. The city can claim this and convert their STX to USD whenever they want. No. Like, what? That sounds like that sounds like a whole ass mess. Because whenever they do this um this node um, mining process, I'm confused because it makes it sound like the technology is being done with the, the person. I think they're saying that you're mining from ownership of the coin. 
but there's no technology that you own that's doing the process. That means someone else is doing the process based upon your ownership, which I don't find to be provable, if that makes any sense. Right. So I think they're just lying, essentially, and then issuing more coins for the amount of tokens bought. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me just because this guy is, like, very slimy anyway. Um, but, yeah, like, it just, none of this makes any sense to me. Um, again, I would invite you, if you haven't already, and everyone that listens to this to go watch that interview. Because it's just, like, it, 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 it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. And, like, this was this was back then. I think this was back in September um, when, when they had this conversation. Um, and it's just it has not been very great since then and also the city of miami cashed out in um they so he tweeted he said i'm so excited to announce that city of miami has received its first ever disbursement from at mine city coins totaling 5.25 million million this is a historic moment for our city to collaborate with an innovative project that creates resources for our city through innovation, not taxation. Yeah, but we don't know how much you guys are getting and keeping and doing whatever with, so bye. Well, that, but also, so like the current price of Miami coin um, as of earlier today is 0.0012 cents. So when, did it, when was it all time high was six or six cents? It's all time high was six cents and its market cap is twenty three thousand seven hundred and three dollars and forty six cents. How's it twenty three thousand dollars? That's according to coin market cap. That's so low. Wait, but how much did Miami get from it? Like their first withdrawal? Five point twenty five million, but they they that um, the, they did the this math back in February. Is it math? The math isn't mathing, um, but they did this back in February because the market was like dumping. Um, and also, that's not when you're supposed to take profits. Um, the idiot. But they, they, according to the mayor of Miami's Twitter page, five point twenty-five million. But the total market cap is only twenty-three thousand. That doesn't even make the, sense. How are you able to pull out that much money? Did you pull out that money and dilute the market cap? They pulled out the money and diluted the market cap. That's sad. And you scammed your own money. city. But he does it like with real estate developments. Um, so because not... when I saw this, I was like, "This is a great concept." I just don't trust our government to utilize this to benefit anyone. Our government himself. officials, or like, it's like guys like Francis Suarez, who's super freaking greasy. But if you think about this, this this puts us back a step. We don't want cryptocurrency for our own government. They have money. They have reserves. They send money to whatever country needs help, whether or not we need, you know, like that's all another story. I don't feel like we need um, a cryptocurrency that benefits the city we live in. They have, the, like California has a six, uh, $68 million surplus last year in tax dollars. There's enough money floating around the cities that we live in. They don't need a right. third entity to acquire that by crypto assets. Right. Via scams from, you know, regular people investing in the the project because, again, they see an authority figure, like a, what is supposed to be a legitimate authority figure, shilling them this coin, this fake project that, oh, by the way, we 
didn't do it. It was a whole other third party that's not sitting in Miami's coin. We did our due diligence, but we're not responsible if you get scammed. And so, again, SEC, if you want fingers to point and things to be upset about, I think this is it. Like, they're yeah, always, yeah. like, on the wrong... Like, this is not okay, because you have a government official basically co-signing a coin to this, and then withdrawing a certain amount and diluting a market cap, which, it's again, if this were a stock, he would be in jail. That's all I'm saying. And that's how you guys are treating crypto. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he probably wouldn't even go. Yeah, but you have to protect all of the, the little people from, you know. I mean, I thought that's what they were doing. Getting in, getting in on on legitimate projects, and but again, it's like how how does someone That's that evil. doesn't know any better that was able to you know avoid all of the celebrity influencers and scams, but then you see a politician mm. who again is supposed to have you know a certain level of authority, a certain level mm-hmm. of like some some type of trust or credential. Um, and you see, wow, this guy's doing this for his city. It's super innovative. It's super great. Wow, this is amazing. And then, like, it's also a scam. Yeah, and I also don't want to hear any anyone saying, oh, let's accept cryptos for taxes. Cryptos, taxes, the government should not be receiving any portion of crypto. And if you guys can't approve it, why do you hold on to it? I don't see how that's a thing. It shouldn't even be legal for them to hold it. You can't decide on what type of asset it is. You shouldn't be able to hold it. You shouldn't be able to accept it. Like it's be, just you weird. Shouldn't be running a validator no. You shouldn't be running a validator. Oh, who has one? Our... SEC. SEC has runs runs a runs a ripple note. Bye. <laughs> That's it. I've had enough. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. How are you gonna sue someone and run a validator <laughs> note on the same cryptocurrency you're suing for? Oh my god. Is it the crack? What? What? I didn't know that. That's that's upsetting. Yeah. When we do that episode and <sighs> that episode's gonna we be... get to that episode, we should wear listen. suits. We should wear suits. We should wear suits. Yeah. And bring a briefcase and slam it on our desk. Just Ooh, for like this is ridiculous. Implication like just for the effect of ridiculousness. Yeah, because, because it's ridiculous. It's so serious and it's so stupid. It's so that's serious crazy. And it's so I've never bought something or participated in something and then tried to sue it while holding on to it and while making profit from it at the same time. I've never done that. Well, so there's actually um, off topic and again, other episode, um, but briefly, there is actually no incentive on running um, a node on the XRP Okay, I'm sorry. That, yeah, so, but that's actually um, the, the best incentive is no incentive. Um mm-hmm. Wait, but that means they can see transactions, so they would know, they could, you know, like, they could, oh, yeah, so it makes it dumb again. That's what makes it even more stupid, yeah, mm-hmm, that's what makes it even more stupid and more ridiculous, um, but, yeah, so, like, proof of stake, we're staking, whatever, mining, we can have a bajillion miners, and, mm-hmm. and make money doing both, but, um, with the XRPL and their consensus protocol, like, no, you're just doing it like because you really love the project. Yeah, I like that. Spend your That's cool. Equipment. Yeah, no, it, it it's great. That's um, cool. And it's also like a security mechanism, right? Um, mm-hmm. and then also the reason why um XRP is not free to transact, um, but it has like a you know a fraction of a penny transaction fee is to prevent DDoS attacks. 
Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's wonderful. Like I, I, I absolutely love it. But I personally, I, I think that um people in government shouldn't be able to like hold cryptocurrency or stock for assets. Like they should have to put them through a trust, like a legal trust or authority, or have a third party do it mm-hmm. for them. But I personally find it to be insensitive because they obviously have access to communications files and technology that the average person doesn't. And then, you yeah. know, we're already bared from being institutional investors. Cause I think you have to have like what, 25 grand or more to be considered like an actual investor in the stock market. It's no, like a, I think, isn't it? I think, to, I think it's like a hundred thousand that, mm, that, yeah. that it takes to be considered I forgot what it's like called. A, Accredited investor. Accre- yes, accredited investor thing, which yeah. is rude because yeah, how no, are you going to tell me true. what? Just because you have more money than me, you're a better investor because that's not true. Right. They just dump I'm, their money into stuff. I'm so. too poor to invest in things that are legitimate and early at a really good price point. But also, also, you want to like prevent me from investing in things that like I don't have to be an accredited investor for. Also, you are not protecting me against no. all of these scams that are out there. I was just watching a video on how, like, the accredited investor thing was not created to protect us. It was created to reduce us, to reduce us in the market, yeah, obviously. Exactly. I mean, I don't think it's fair. I mean, if I actually researched a company, I am interested in it. I want to invest in it before I feel. I mean, look at us. We use, we use Discord. We use Reddit. Those are companies I've used for years. Why can't I have access to the IPO to that? I have, I use Discord every day. I probably will use Discord for quite some time in my life. I check Reddit all the time because, you know, Yelp can be manipulated. The reviews can be taken down. Uh, Open Table, the reviews can be taken down. If I go on Reddit and review something, that's going to be accurate. I can trust Reddit because somebody's pissed off about something on Reddit and they're, they're going to type about it. I trust Reddit. So, you know. And, yeah, Absolutely. Why can't people who had a hand in growing these companies? Because how did how did Discord, Robinhood, and Reddit grow? We we grew it by its usage. Wall Street mm-hmm. bets. You wouldn't. A lot of people didn't know what Reddit was until they saw Wall Street bets and like the right. combining communities growing there. Like we but we build these companies, to invest in them. but we can't invest right. in them. Yep. Okay. Sure. Great. And that's that's another. That's scam, a problem. But that that's that's definitely another scam. But yeah, that's why we like crypto swamps and scams yeah that's why we like crypto but also that's originally why, like yes but also With the... that's why it's it's so important for us to like get out to people that are new to crypto or that are just dabbling in like hey like there's like a whole bunch of scams out here and this is how like you should identify them and like just stay away from influencers including politician influencers but also they're just as bad yes the devils um but also inve- realizing what is a long-term investment and a short-term investment what do you want to hold what do you want to fold you know and you need to know that before right. you buy something because you some people are holding on to safe moon like it's going to be the the shining gold nugget and people are fighting oh. in the comments and getting tattoos of safe moon on their arm and i'm like mm-hmm. you guys and are going to be crying like yeah. Just like just silly things, silly things. Don't ever invest anything more than what you're willing to lose, right? Yeah, like man. if you if you think you're gonna get rich quick, like you're not going to. It's not. And there's a happen. there's a psychological aspect to that too. When you lose that with all your investment mm-hmm. into a project, you're gonna go. You're gonna lose your shit. And now, and people who have been in the space since like 2017, 2013, they've lost their bags. 
and grew them back. But you got these new investors, you guys, you're, they're not ready for it. No, and they're not going to fare like, well. are not at the price points that we were back in in early 2020 and 2019. Yep. We're then. not, we, we didn't pay that much for some of these coins. You're buying them like people who are buying Bitcoin and like buying Ethereum at $2,000 and watching it dip and complaining about a 30%. You know, these are things that we bought for like 30, 600, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it was below a thousand, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, so it's like, you guys are buying, it's like, it's like a stock. You don't buy at the all time high. You never, it doesn't even matter if it's doing well. If you have that money, it's the type of money that's you, baby, go buy at the all time high. But if you don't, there's no reason why you should be buying at all time high. And you need to, if you can't determine what that is due to price action for the past two years, you don't even know where you're, what is the top, what is the bottom. Right. And when it gets to the time that everyone starts talking about it, that like, you know, that they have absolutely no type of idea, like what is going on, but they I would sell it, it and then buy it more. Yeah. That's the time to get out. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the time to get out. Sell half your portfolio and then re-enter. Yeah. And that's, and that, mm-hmm. let me just say this from another perspective. You can always sell at its highest and rebuy back when it dumps. That's why when everyone was doing that with Doge, I was just like, just get your money, buy it when it's like at the bottom. Because then some people were like, they sold and they rebought it like 40 cents. It's like, mm-hmm. wait till it crashes. Like, wait till it falls yeah. to its lowest point. It's like, you don't buy at the top. You can take your profits. Always take your profits. Always get your initial investment out. That way you can't cry about anything. You don't care. It's like, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. I made whatever I put in. Now this is, you know, I'm curious. Let's see what it does. Let's see how it performs. People also have to like know how to do that because getting in, especially with these scam coins, especially with these being influencer coins, or again, even Miami coin, it's like <laughs> they're available on one exchange. Yeah. Or for, sure. for example, for sure. Doge. Doge back in like early January of last year before mm-hmm. um I think you had to know even hit four cents yet right but i had i was holding doge on my exodus wallet and there was no Mm -hmm. way for me to cash out yeah and then even when i wanted to do an exchange like they're like they blocked the exchanges the network's down right now so we're not allowing this yeah so uh, people get stuck holding on to a bag that they really didn't want to or could afford to hold on to and that and that way either um and those are definitely things that that people need to consider and people need to um like take into account especially if they're new but of course if you're new these things probably aren't gonna occur to you because yeah, you're so, so used to a traditional a traditional finance system yeah you're not used to exchanges you're not used to wallets you're not used yeah. to all of these things i'm just gonna say you know making money off of shit coins is a skill you know and a lot of people think that they yes. have it but you don't you don't have that skill because yes. you'd have to determine what is a shit coin how long is when is it no longer popular when can i offload mm-hmm. it at its highest you know, and Doge is one of those things that it, it is meant to dump. It is a dumper, a dump truck. You know, it's so it's a, it's a meme. It's a if fucking it's joke. If it's to be a meme, then why for a second would you think that this would be like an even remotely serious investment? I mean, I think they've talked they've talked about decreasing um the amount that's like made and, you know, but after the fact. This is, how long has Doge been around? Like decades, like, like maybe like eight years? For I don't know how long, but it's old. It's old coin. It's also um going to be um minted on um Flare as an F asset, so it could potentially bring. I mean, Doge is a shit coin. I wouldn't. I that's a coin. That's one of those things where you throw something in and you don't care. You just don't. You can't have any attachment to that. It does what it does. It does what it does. 
but people are holding on to it like it's their first crypto project and that's the problem you have to know like what is their first crypto project i know but like it's their first crypto project that they intend to hold long term Mm -hmm. it's the type of crypto profit project that you take profit whenever you see it's humanly possible like you just all right thank you you treat it like it's like a cash cow that that was the purpose of it it's not a hold forever that's cool but you have but, to be aware that that's your strategy. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people are just buying it with no strategy. And then asking me, when should I sell? I don't know when you should sell things that are in your wallet that you hold for yourself. So because that's for you. All the time, I hate I that this? question. Honey, you should have known that when you bought it. Yeah, like, what's what's your strategy? Oh, I don't know. Well, then, dog, like, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. Like, I could, I could drop a fib really quick and let you know, you know, more or less where I think it's going to go. Because let's put it in the perspective of Bitcoin. Bitcoin, we all hold to infinity, some of us, because we know that it has a cap supply. When something has a cap supply, it's going to run up due to how much is left. That's simply the, the formula. When something does not have a cap supply, Lord knows what its ultimate value would be. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. In a, in a horrible way. Even even with a burn mechanism. Even with a burn mechanism. Because yeah. I can handle I can handle what is seemingly a high supply. Um, if it decreases. What, the reason why, it, yeah, if it has a burn mechanism. And, and the reason why I say seemingly is also because you have to identify, like, okay, what what is this even supposed to be for? Because... Uh, again, super biased. It's my favorite favorite project. You all will come to to learn and love. Um, XRP has, I think, it's a hundred billion coins. Mm-hmm. Like, there's never going to be more than that, right? But there's like a hundred billion. Well, Ripple is setting out to solve a twenty-four quadrillion dollar problem. So, if you do some division, like that's fine, you know. That's that's not too many coins. It's not a ridiculous yeah. amount when you look to see what it's actually trying to solve and what it's actually going to be used for factoring and deflation, right? Yeah. And a burn mechanism. Yeah. But when you have things that are like two quadrillion or what whatever Ethereum but the thing is, that we people about don't, earlier. People don't get also it's like if some of these coins are not usable on a peer to peer situation. So it's like they're just not usable at all. And that's the thing. People are like, how do I, how does this coin go in price? I can't use it. I wouldn't know. That's another thing. When you, what do people do with it? And if you can't answer that question, that should be a red flag for you there. Because. And and I think that's, I think that's a a great point to like, you know, round out this conversation is that does utility need influence? And I don't think so. I think that. The work should speak for itself. Picasso. The work speaks for itself. If it answers, if it if it answers a real world problem, if it solves a real world problem, then you're probably in in good hands when you're trying to invest into it. If you're if you're considering holding that in your portfolio, um, but if it doesn't, if you don't know what it does and all it's supposed to do is go up and make you money, again, unless if that's your strategy, homie, like you're probably looking at a scam. If there's a celebrity. Even if there's a politician that seems trustworthy, like it, you're probably you're probably gonna end up stuck in a scam if it can't answer that question. Like, let's look at ETH. I I don't like u- using ETH, but I do know holding ETH is very financially prosperous. I mean, it was 
um, you know, they set it where the gas fees would be equivalent to 0.00 something something of an ETH. But we have to remember that price increases due to how many people are using it versus the price of the Ethereum today. And we'll, you know, ETH, let's say it randomly went to 10K, how much do you think gas fees would be? Oh my God, I couldn't imagine a scenario like that. It's already bad. Ugh. Yeah, but again. And it's going to exclude. Oh God. You can't have a, a blockchain that functions um, when it excludes most of the people that would even want to be able to use it just because well, that's, there's such a high financial barrier to entry to, I think, and to usage of it, right? I can honestly say um, ETH was coded to be expensive. I don't think it was coded to be psychotically functional. Like, it is functional, but not on the the way that we're building on it. We're, it's basically we're all, like, riding ETH like it's a horse, and everyone's well, building so like on it. ETH ETH is still kind of like in in the prototype stage, right? If if you really want to think about it, because they're still they're still building it out. Ethereum is not scalable. There's a reason why they want to convert it to 2.0. It's because 1.0 is not like it's a no. I mean, I, we have to look at crypto's building blocks, and I think we look at them as like perfect solutions. They are not perfect solutions. They are temporary solutions mm -hmm. to large problems with millions of dollars on them you know there's going to be flaws but the issue is what is when we're using a building in the middle of construction is can this building support the levels of constructions that are happening on, on it levels of constructions that. are by usage use nft mint i don't think ethereum is the blockchain for nft mints yes we can do it but no it's it's getting yeah. a little ugly out here no I, I, and it's not only that but it's like okay there are, there are other blockchains that do Ethereum better than Ethereum, right? There are better blockchains that do NFTs better than NFTs that are not going to cost you. And that's another thing that, um, like, if you're if you're new to the space, even if you're not super new to the space, but if, if you're somebody that's interested in NFTs, um, that's definitely something that you should consider because, like, Ethereum is not built out yet. It's not finished. It's not scalable. There are other blockchains in existence that you can do these things on better, better, cheaper, faster. I want to say Solana, but my baby keeps security. crashing for me. Yeah, so I want to so, say Solana, but I think it was okay. Another thing that is an issue. So I've learned that um, when they develop these um, like blockchains or smart contracts, some of these issues are unfixable. Like no one talks about them enough. Like they have to either do a fork. Or do a scale but some of these issues that they're having they're going to keep having them like it's just because right. when they wrote them it was written into the code of the blockchain or the smart contract so everyone's saying you're like oh we're, we're gonna fix it yeah and, but it's on the team to be forthright about that right and then it's on people that are building on top of it and that are building these projects on top of it to say you know what maybe it's better for us to, you know, build our NFT on Hedera or on the XRPL or even though Solana, you know, they had their, they had their crash incident. Um, Ugh, I just want Solana, Solana to do well. I really want Solana yeah. to do well. Same, same here. Same here. But, you know. And I think, I think it has the potential and I like that they also use consensus. I think their situation is a validator thing, right? Like, they need more. Like, there's not enough. I'm not... I need to really get into them. Yeah, I want to figure out what's either. wrong. We can do... We can totally do an episode on that, though. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure... I'm sure our listeners will also be big into theories and consistency.
was right about that as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you guys don't have to do NFTs on on Ethereum or anything that's built on top of Ethereum. Just throwing that. Just out because the hype is there doesn't mean mm -hmm. we we're at that level with development where it's functional. These gas wars that have been happening are not okay. And I know a lot of people don't like to say that because they don't like to talk negatively about Ethereum. But as someone who uses it regularly and under, I've you know I've tried to do something and sometimes it costs the the whole cost of what I'm doing. It's the same price. It's like a top and bottom. They're the same. When in reality, I can't even. I've I've had situations where I couldn't even move my money over. I would have to rebuy Ethereum in the transaction to do something because it would cost more for me to send Ethereum from my wallet to my MetaMask. I understand I that you have. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, sorry. Wait, wait, sorry. I, I still have, I still have, um, like ERC twenty tokens in my Coinbase wallet that I cannot exchange because the fee to exchange them is way more than the amount that I'm even trying to exchange. Exactly, like, and I that's a problem. Not do anything with it. And I love ETH, but I'm saying it's a problem. Like I, I love projects, but like if you do not function and you cost me money when I already spent a lot of money. In, on crypto and web3 stuff yeah, don't play with me like that's not cute like i don't yeah. like you that much and there's a problem and the fact that you know even with this new when they do east 2.0 it's not going to address it that's a huge problem for me it's like you addressed your your um your mining situation but you didn't address the people who are most affected by this which are people who use ethereum to buy nfts to, to do transactions to do use dApps like they're the people that are hurting the most in the situation. I don't give a fuck about the miners. The miners have made millions of dollars from this whole situation. Right. Millions. Right. And the, and the thing is, is that when, when they transition to proof of stake, it's like what we talked about the other night. You know, how many large mm -hmm. stakeholders are there actually? Because even if you would have bought it last year at 600, that's still a lot to buy 32 of them. How did you guys even decide upon that number? Like who woke up and said, you need 32 Ethereum? to be a validator like like no yeah. that's rude like someone in your never mind let me just i'm gonna stop because that's yeah it's rude another episode another episode another episode mm -hmm.